podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Nina Kaza Show. A massive one today is my 300th episode, my word, and this thought I had commitment issues, but here I am, 300 episodes in, and my word, what a game, eh? What a game to cap it off. It was the important one, it was the big one. It finished 2-2, but what a game of football. I think we all need a little sit down after that. Um, of course, Liverpool, um, Man City 2, Liverpool 2. That is the game that we are talking about. And joining me on this podcast, I have two incredible guests. They could do most of the talking because I'm quite winded after that. I'm not going to lie. That's taken a lot out of me. It is the awesome, awesome Dave Horrocks. Dave, welcome back. Hey there, Nina. Thanks for having me on again. And can I just say congratulations on 300? That's a massive achievement especially given some of the stuff last season, but uh, amazing milestone. <laughs> I know, I did think about throwing in the towel a few times. Oh my <laughs> God. But yeah, here we are, 300 in, and um, um, things are just looking so much better for the Reds. And joining Dave on this podcast, it is an honour to have on again, Mr. Marco Lopez. Welcome back, Marco. I think I might have been with you for a couple of those early ones, so when you were still yeah, in sure. single digits. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Congrats, Nina. Ah, oh, thank you. Look at you, the OG. No, I absolutely love it. Right, guys, we do have a caller, but before I get to the caller, obviously, I need to get your thoughts on that. I mean, how do you feel after that? Marco, I'm going to come to you. 2-2, two, two. I don't know. That was a real, like, I felt tired watching that game. I think for the for the neutrals, or even for us, it's like, yeah, it was a very watchable, you couldn't take your eyes off it kind of match. Uh, you know, it's just totally exciting. Lots of things to, to, to look at. A lot of stuff we'll be upset with. A lot of stuff we'll be happy with. Uh, but on the whole, I just thought it was an opportunity missed. I don't think Liverpool played close to what they could have and should have. Mm-hmm. I think City really played as well as they could, actually. And, yeah, I just I just think there was another gear that Liverpool sh- could have and should have showed. But uh, but that, yeah, that, that would be my assessment. Opportunity missed for me. Oh, we'll we'll get we'll get to that in 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 a, in a bit shortly. Um, and what about you, Dave? I think my overriding uh, feeling is just being exhausted. I, I think just like you say, just watching those players run at a hundred miles an hour for the entire ninety-four minutes or however much it was in the end, uh, just mm-hmm. unbelievable. I, I'm not entirely sure, to be honest, exactly how I feel. I think I'm partially relieved and partially disappointed because I thought mm. you know they were there for the taking but we let ourselves down a bit particularly in the first half but yep. even bits of the second half as well so at, at the start of the day it was in our hands and it was also in City's hands as well kind of you know to to win the league and, and now it's in City's hands they win all their games and they've won and at mm. the start of the day we were in that position as well but you know, now we're not. Now we're reliant on other people getting results. And, and we have got a hard run in as well. So, but I'm not too down about it. These are two unbelievable teams. And mm. it's kind of unlucky for our clock team here that City just happened to have this team as well at the same time. You know, you look across the Premier League years and even before that, this team would have blown away most of those champions. It's just, you know, I don't someone's popped it in the chat there about I'm not sure if I can handle it to watch these two teams in the Champions League final (laughs) we've got to do it all again on Saturday but you know these are hard hard matches and I suppose it was more important not to lose than it was to win yeah 
No, I get that. I get that. I, I'm, I'm with you, both of you, in a sense that I definitely think Liverpool were absolutely dreadful in the first half, and we'll talk about that. And I'm sure you know um, we will get into the finer details of what was going on. And um, yeah, we will talk about that. But first, I want to go to our first caller. Um, he always kicks off the Nina Kaza show, so it's great to have him back on. It's Kevin. Kevin, welcome back. Thank you very much. No, it's a pleasure having you, Kevin. You know, you know what to do. The floor's yours. Take it away. Um, not a very uh, good result today. It was um, or or sorry, not a very good performance today. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought uh, first half was absolutely horrific. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I thought the midfield was just so so bad today. It was unbelievable how bad they were. Um. I thought City really probably should have wiped the four of us, but thankfully um, they only got the they only went two one up at half time. Could have been a lot worse. Second half was better, you know. To be fair, and then we get the equaliser, and then after that we just didn't really create very much. And every time there was an attack, it looked like it was going to be them. It was going to get a third goal, but thankfully they didn't and. You'd have to say it was a good result in the end, and I'd have settled for that before a ball was even kicked today. Um, but whether or not whether or not it'd be a good point come the end of the season, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But for now, we'll just have to hope that it's a very good point to look back on. No, absolutely. Well, Kevin, thank you so much. Um, we will. Have you got My a question? Thank you. Nope, thank you. Thank you, Kevin. Okay. So, Kevin, then, Marco, with some really, really good points there and kind of just highlighting what you've kind of, what you kind of alluded to when you, when we kicked off the show. Let's talk about, let's go to the first thing. Let's talk about the team lineup. I think it was pretty much what we expected from Jurgen Klopp, given how he faced, how he um, set up the team against Benfica, the players that came off. Were there any surprises for you, Marco? We might have started from the top. I was really, I was happy with the team lineup. I wasn't surprised, but I was a little disappointed because I felt that given how City lined up, I I just felt that there was going to be moments where City's speed was going to catch Liverpool out a few times, which it did. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's not a veiled criticism of high lines. This is not, I'm not someone who, who believes in that nonsense. I just think you've, you've got to have elements to compensate. I think what's quite disappointing as it turned out is that uh, that lineup didn't really do a very good job, especially in the first half of progressing the ball. Thiago ended up in Liverpool's half way too often uh, in the game mm-hmm. and seemed to be the only person who, who would re- be sort of able to just get the ball progressed. Uh, I mean, the rest of the team, you can't... It, it, it kind of picked itself in, in, in that regard. But yeah, I just... Uh, we are going to have to talk about it at some point, but... Um, I just felt after the way the way he played uh, against Benfica that Naby Keita would have would have warranted an experiment uh, to start, but I but I, I don't think any of us really expected him to realistically. I think it could have been largely down to the fact that he played a full ninety against Benfica. Yeah, and 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 that's fair enough. But yeah, but I, I, I don't think it's you... I don't think it's anything to do with his ability or what, or maybe yeah. Yeah, or may I don't know. Maybe Jurgen Klopp just wanted to be a bit more assured with having like a Jordan Henderson in there. I obviously we don't know the 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 inworks of what Jurgen Klopp's thinking, but yeah, I would have loved to see a bit. Uh, you know, um, certainly Naby Keita come on a lot sooner. I will agree with you on that one. But in my mind, I knew he wasn't starting. Same with Diaz as well. I was like, both of them two are not starting. Uh, Dave, I'll come to you. Team lineup. Yeah, I think I'm with you too. I, I think I'd hoped that he'd put Naby in the starting lineup, and all the talk was, you know, he's going to have Henderson, Fabin, and Thiago were obviously going to be in there. But uh, I think he just trusts Henderson, doesn't he? That's that's ultimately where he is. So when it comes to the big games, he does have him in there. And I do think, you know, over the last few years, I think he's had some unwarranted criticism. But I think in this match, it was a bit of a mistake. I think Naby was a much better option. I think he did. Um, wrong as such. I, I don't think he 
at a particular glare and things. The thing I was really worried in Henderson time and again not track his his runner and so that was what I was worried about but not massively surprised about that I think I, I was probably a little bit surprised that um, Jota got the nod um, I mean what do I know but I, I thought Bobby would have started and then he'd brought Jota on a bit later but mm. uh, ultimately Jota got the first goal so uh, uh, seemed to be warranted there it it did, it did. And guys, let's talk about this because, oh gosh, I, and I'll, I'll stick with you, um, Dave. I felt like it was such a cagey start. And I've just, I've, you know, like, I know it takes time to sort of settle into a game, but I felt like Liverpool started off really cagey. And, you know, they had so many chances to clear it in, in, in their, in their, in their half. And I just remember it just being bounced around and doing stupid things and then, you know, giving away a stupid, like, free kick and you just sat there like, oh, gosh. I mean, what did you make of that? I just, I'm just reliving that. And I just remember just being on the edge of my seat thinking, no, no. And I know, like, Liverpool are a team that likes to play out and, you know, likes to play the ball out. But in that instance, I just use my intuition and just be like, you know what, I'm just going to hoof that far and wide. Yeah. You know, it might be a weird parallel, but it, it kind of reminded me a bit of Istanbul in 2005. You know, you've you've been you've had your eye on this game for weeks. You know, it's been coming up. You, you've been talking about it. You, you've been thinking about it, but you try and tried not to think about it too much because you just just get stressed about it. And then the actual game kicks off, and you start fucking horribly. I mean, Sterling missed a, a bit of a sitter. It was a good save by Allison before they even scored. But, you know, within bloody five minutes mm. or whatever it was, we're 1-0 down and you just think, yeah. fucking hell. You know, and it, it's not as if it was... A, all right, the deflection was, you could say, was a bit lucky. But it was as if almost every touch that we made up until that point, we were inviting the pressure. Yeah. Just everything was, you know, unassured at all. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone... The people who you you usually expect assurance from just weren't giving it us, and uh, I, I thought there were there were lots of opportunities to just get your foot on the ball and you know start to calm things down because you knew City were going to come out of the blocks flying. Yeah, and uh, we we just didn't really help ourselves. But I have to say, you know, from that first minute and and throughout the first half, City's pressing was unbelievable and and I think as much as we played mm-hmm. badly it, it was kind of forced by City as well I think it was a combination mm. of the two things yeah they did make us look bad let's be honest you can't just say we don't go from one week you're amazing to the next week you're yeah. dreadful I mean like that is just like you can't have that kind of analysis you have to give a lot of credit to Man City, but my word, we look so panicked. I mean, we, I mean, after the goal, and I come to Marco now, even after the goal, there was like a moment of panic and confusion between, you know, Alison and Virgil van Dijk. To me, even Virgil van Dijk looked a little rattled in this game. I you have to say they, it. Yeah, but, but, but I just think that a lot of it comes down to uh, not really, I don't know, the team looked a little bit unprepared, which surprises me because it's not... It's not like they they haven't sort of figured out who they who they're playing against. Uh, Jean Cancelo obviously is going to give Mo Salah a much more difficult match to to deal with. Uh, Trent Alexander Arnold, I think you know, unfortunately, people may have got a little bit sort of ahead of themselves with with how well he played against Benfica because Benfica didn't do any research on him because they allowed him both time and space. City afforded him very little of both, and that's why he looked so. Uh, absent in the in in the first half, I make an observation that all the times that Liverpool, both times when Liverpool scored and, and all the times Liverpool looked dangerous, the fullbacks are in the final third. That didn't happen a lot in the first half, no, and a lot that. of that also speaks to the fact that the team was just really slow playing at the back. It's fine to play at the back. I'm a big fan of playing at the back, but you can't take too long. They were casual. And, they were too casual, and that was my problem with it. Hundred percent, and I think also that's where I'm sort of looking at the midfield. Fabinho, uh, I'm, I'm a huge Fabinho fan, but this wasn't his best moment. So uh, sorry, Fab, but uh, I'm not going to give you big props here. Uh, Henderson isn't progressing the ball. The only player who's literally trying to progress the ball to the front three is is Thiago, and that's why I'm willing to give 
minor pass for the first half as well because as much as he he struggled just just put some color on this minor has as many touches almost as one touch less than jordan henderson in the entire first half so you, you you've got to give some context to how difficult liverpool are finding it to get the ball into that front three so i just i just think they were liverpool completely played into what city are good at absolutely and um i must stick with you um Marco, because obviously the first 10 minutes, I think Liverpool were truly horrible. But 12 minutes in, one thing I do love about Liverpool is that, you know, the longer this game went on, I felt like we would have got into more and more trouble. 12 minutes in, I mean, Jota, uh, you know, Trent gorgeous cross. Um, it was a great ball from Robbo actually initially to get it to Trent. And then Trent just, you know, passes it to Jota, who slots it past the keeper. For me, it was like the perfect time because I, the one thing I was really worried about in this game was you look at Man City's stats and you look at how when they go ahead, how it's quite hard for teams to claw back. And also Liverpool don't have like the best record at the Etihad. So I was thinking about all these things that were going through my head. I was like, if we want to rattle this Man City side, we need to go ahead. We need to go ahead. And obviously that didn't happen, but... Um, what did you make of it? You know, Liverpool's um, quick response because it was a quick response in the grand scheme of things. It it it, it was appropriate, and I think it was important for the team to settle oh. because you can sort of get all flustered by by the stats and sort of look at how City's record in in sort of when they score first, what what it looks like. But I think people forget. You know, I'm not. Laporte and Stones are good. They are playing for an exceptional City team, but I'm not gonna. There's there's no way I'm 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 choosing him over over Van Dijk and Matip. Sure. So I think I think you've kind of got to sort of impose yourself and say you can take these guys on and do it. And that's I think where you know th- th- that move is the first time and and the only time in the first half really when again like I mentioned earlier both fullbacks in the final third the front mm. three is fully engaged. It's yes. it's it's the way that they needed to attack. So I think I'm just delighted that at least the team backed themselves to to do things like that it's a pity that they played with so much fear for most of the first half because it was a bit it was a bit hot potato and and no one really wanted to sort of progress the ball uh which which was obviously quite disappointing but but it's great that the team managed to to get that first goal respond quickly jota as usual um uh is, is is fantastic in in in, in being able to finish uh, finish in situations he's he's going a bit i i didn't watch enough of him so i i can't i can't sort of use the in rush reference but he's i i'm, I'm gonna start calling him like you know the portuguese and zagi the way he, he keeps on sort of showing up in the box like that. and just like you know poaching goals the but way it doesn't, that, uh, but it doesn't he's not as offside as pipo and zagi no he's not that. yeah yeah yeah. But he 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 seems to just always be in the right place for a goal, and that's what you want. Yes. That's that's ultimately what you want. I like that. I think that I think that will stick. You know, I like that a lot. Um, uh, well, <laughs> I look at me. I'm endorsing it. Dave, I mean, run through your thoughts on to, in terms of you know Liverpool scoring that goal, what it did for your nerves. Um, I think the scoring at the right time was absolutely crucial. I think Marco hit the nail on the head. That was a very very um, a classic Liverpool kind of goal where the fullbacks are involved and all the attackers are pretty much engaged. It was exactly how you expect Liverpool to score goals. So I'd like to hear your thoughts on what you made of Jota's goal. They constantly do it to us, don't they? <laughs> you know, they, they constantly make us doubt and then they pull it out of the bag. It wasn't that long ago, you know, before Klopp, when if we go 1-0 down, that's it. We're screwed. We We don't come back from that. And the way we were playing as well and the intensity of City's press and the way they were attacking with purpose every time they got the ball. I mean, there's plenty of teams that would have crumbled. And so I, I was delighted. I think was it the, it was about the 12th or 13th minute. And so I was absolutely delighted when it went in. And I thought it was a great, uh, great goal as well. I mean, Thiago initially plays a pass that that sets the kind of City team in panic, but it ends Mm -hmm. up with, they get a foot to it, and then uh, it ends up with Robertson, gets it across to Trent. And and I thought Trent, up until that point, was playing terribly, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it was a nicely weighted pass back to him. And and I agree. I mean, Jota, he's just got that knack, hasn't he? You know, we we sort of thought he was going to come in as a a winger, and then he bangs in a few goals as soon as he he came in. And then... 
I think his all-round game is probably the weakest out of those five strikers, isn't it? But fuck it. It's about putting the ball in the back of the net. <laughs> so I was delighted. I do have to say, though, I think if Allison had let that goal in, it was so close to, to Edison. If Allison had let that in, I'd, I'd have been a bit disappointed. But uh, I, I wasn't bothered about that until I saw it back again at half time. Yeah, we're, we're not too thingy. So, are we all endorsing the Portuguese Pippo Inzaghi then? <laughs> I like that. Marco, um, you, take, you take full credit for that. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you coined that. Okay, yeah, it was... You know what? Marco, I'm actually going to come to you because you said that they kept... And I think this is something a big worry of mine as well. So we get the goal. It's all equal. You think, okay, okay. Liverpool needed that goal. But I still felt like City were like sort of getting in behind our defence. And they were working the ball really well. And, you know, they... I, you know, they, they caused us a lot of problems. So, I mean, talk us through that. You were talking about the lack of cover from like the likes of Jordan Henderson on the right-hand side and stuff. So um, I'd like to get your thoughts on that. I mean, do, do you think it was like a personnel thing or do you think it was just Man City just being better drilled and Liverpool being a little bit unprepared? Because they should have been prepared. You you do need to give credit to, to, to City because, again, they're very good. Uh, De Bruyne was... Probably touched the ball a lot less than I think he wanted to, but he was always in in good positions and good situations to sort of progress the ball into into dangerous areas. Uh, but Bernardo Silva unfortunately had a really good game, so um, it is what it is. I I think and and Rodri sort of really metronomed superbly at the, at the back. I think the in midfield rather. I think the challenge is Fabinho had an unusually poor game by his standards. Which I think also sort of forced Thiago into overcompensate mode. So uh, Thiago was quite lucky, I think, to stay on stay on the field in the end. Um, given there's probably at least three or four tackles that I counted that were probably sort of border. Well, a couple were clear yellow card and a couple were borderline. Yeah. Uh, Henderson, look, I don't want to. I know there's a lot of controversy, sort of, when certain people talk about this player. I just felt that he he wasn't progressing the ball. He wasn't marking in good situations. He wasn't picking up runners. He he just. I'm not sure what what his what his sort of fundamental suitability was for this game. So I just I just really felt that this was a situation where he really he really needed to. Um, I get it. He's the captain. I get it. It's pretty obvious he's going to be you know in in the team. But he just has. The, the, this was a serious opportunity missed, especially given given that you know you have a scenario where I think. Given how they were pressuring Trent Alexander-Arnold in, in in the first half as well, um, you needed some other players to sort of offer an outball, uh, and I think that's where Mo Salah spends a lot of time coming deep to try and at least help that out on that side. Which, too, is I actually thought Mo Salah played a lot better today than he did against Benfica, even though a lot of people sort of gave him stick. Uh, he still looks tired, um, so people making a shot for him to to rest the second leg against Benfica fully agree with that, but. I, I definitely think that um yeah, this is this is one of those moments where City just sort of had their way with the with the ball uh in midfield and, and was super well supported by, by by the fullbacks as well. Yeah, I thought the fullbacks were heavily, heavily involved and um yeah. Dave, I'll come to you. I mean, what did you make of uh, you know the, I don't know how well drilled they were and I think it was only fair and fitting that, like Marco said, that you have to give them credit, but we were up against a very, very good team. And you know what? I, I was like, why does our defence look you know, unprepared? Why does it look rattled? And then I had to stop and think, ah, playing Man City. You know, like they're just different to everybody else in the league. You know, you have to kind of remind yourself as well that these guys are human and they are actually playing a very, very good team here. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're unbelievable, aren't they? Uh... Marco's mentioned Rodri there, De Bruyne, Silva. I hate the little bastard. He's a he's an Evertonian in disguise. I'm convinced of it. But he's brilliant, though, isn't he? He is brilliant, the little mm. bastard. Um, <laughs> I was hoping they they'd send him off for the for the clip on Robertson, but uh, I think that would have been harsh. Yeah, I, I think sometimes you just have to to say that they they did us in that first half. I think we were just we were un 
prepared. And I think people who've got more of a tactical awareness than I do will probably say, oh, well, this, this is what they did tactically. But it seemed to just be more uh, energy and they, they seem to just want it more, you know, not to get all cliche about it. But they seem to be everywhere, you know, and every time we had the ball and we were trying to play it out from the back, and fair play to us, you know, we, we kept trying to stick to our principles and play it out from the back. But I think sometimes you just have to say, right, Mo and, and Mane just, you know, dart down the wings and we're just going to belt it to you and see, you know, if we can get anything there. Because when it's not happening and when they are closing down all of those passing channels, sometimes you just have to recognise that it isn't coming off. And and particularly for the first goal, I, I just thought that's where... You know, we we had to recognise that 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 wasn't working and change things up fairly quickly. But um, yeah, I I think this is an unbelievable city side. Uh, I, I like I say, I wish we'd have done ourselves a bit more justice. I think I think Henderson, as well as him being the captain, I think sometimes he can play those unbelievable passes, Carney. And the thing mm. is with City, they do sometimes leave that space in, in behind because they are they do attack with numbers. And so, you know, I could kind of see if Henderson saw that particular pass and maybe he could get Mo or someone in. I, I could see why Klopp would, would be thinking that way. But as Marco said, he just, he was pretty poor uh, for the whole match. I mean, to be fair, I think it was around about 44 minutes and Hendo did put in a ball to Jota, wasn't it? And you'd want Jota to either shoot or square it and he didn't either. So he did do... Yeah, he did, yeah, which was like... He had two options there, but it's okay. But before that, I mean... um, uh, Gabriel Hisa scored... I mean, like for me again, that was like really horrible as well. Seeing him score when my, when Sky Sports were like reeling off that stat about him that he's not scored since September, I was like, shut up, shut up, shut up. Yeah, D- yeah don't do it, don't do it. And uh, yeah, he just, I for a second I thought, oh, he might be offside, but he he beat the trap. And obviously, we do play a high line, and they're really quick. But yeah, he just creeps in past them, um, Trent Alexander Arnold, and it's two one, and you're like, oh gosh, we've got to claw it back again. It felt like a boxing match. So um, I stick with you, Dave. I mean, what did you make of of that thing as well? Where you know the moment before that as well, we had that Edison thing, didn't we? Where he looked too calm in his box, too calm, and you know, uh, he he just about just clears it away just before Jota gets there. But yeah, I'd like to hear your thoughts on uh, on a. Uh, Man City taking the lead again. Yeah, well, firstly, that Edison thing was weird, wasn't it? Because he looked too calm. He, he looked like he'd had a bit of a brain fart or something. Because he, I think he sort of went to kick it and then he left it. Yeah. Oh. No, no, we can hear you. I can just hear something else. Oh no. There we go. Um. Yeah. So he just sort of let it go and then you know it trickled towards the line you could see Jota I was thinking oh he might actually get in here but uh but no he just casually as it as it uh just brushes the line just passes it away uh as if he's not got a care in the world so yeah I think the calmest person in the bloody stadium was him but uh yeah uh in terms of the Jesus goal yeah I was so hoping for an offside there <laughs> um but again, sometimes I think you just have to say that was a brilliant goal. You know, it was a brilliant pass, brilliant running behind Trent. Uh, mm-hmm. The commentary I was watching had Lee Dixon on, and again, he's critical of Trent's defending that old chestnut, that old narrative that Trent yeah. can't defend, full of shit. I just think there's there's very few fullbacks in the world who are defending that. It just happened to be a perfect ball in behind and his run was timed perfectly. He was just onside and then ends up, you know, a a great finish ultimately. Um, And again, I just, I don't really see what anyone could have done about that, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, you had Dixon, I had, I had um, the, the triple, um, you know the 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 trio of uh, what's he called? Gary Neville, Jamie Carragher, oh, and Martin Tyler. Oh God! And it was old ninety. Oh, yeah, 
It was <laughs> dreadful, absolutely dreadful. Anyway, I'm going to come to Marco now. Marco, what did you make of that goal? And um, yeah, just what did you make of it? And uh, I have to, again, we have to give credit to Man City for the way they, you know, exposed us and our weaknesses. I'd I'd say yes, but I think I'm just a little bit less forgiving here because I think when you're playing against Manchester City, you know what the margin for error is. It's going to be small. Uh, Rodri shouldn't be allowed to feed a ball in like that unchallenged. It's just there, there's got to be a lot more effort to, and and maybe someone's going to be like Marco, come on, that's not reasonable. But um, I'm just kind of looking at, at at the scenario where you know the out ball from a corner because if I recall correctly, it was it was just after a corner. You, you you've got to be able to sort of manage that. I, I accept. I'm I'm also not on this train about you know Trent's defending, but in that situation, Trent's the only one you can you can hold, you can hold uh, uh, responsible really. So was it Cancelo? Okay, sorry, the chat's correcting me. It's Cancelo. Either way, same point, right? Whether it's Cancelo or or, or Rodri, uh, as I as I thought, um, you you've got to be able to sort of close that uh, close that down. So uh, fundamentally, I just think you know given the margin for errors, because because but ironically, I thought. You know, for a lot of what um, uh, both Brazilian keepers, uh, I think, were having fun with each other, trying to be as 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 bold as they as they each could. Uh, I, I was super confident that Allison could deal with pretty much anything that that City were throwing at him. Uh, given also, I mean, the the save in the very, I think, the first couple of minutes from uh, um, I think it was Sterling. That <laughs> thank God Sterling did not score today. But anyway, so yeah, it's it's just it's just something that that I I, I would have preferred the team to to sort of be able to respond to. Yeah, and I, again, we're being. Um, uh, I love our chats, um, our Discord chat, um, Lubo and AJ saying that it was Matip's trailing leg that played played Jesus on side. So, yep, thank you for that. Much appreciated, right, guys? Um, let's. I think that was pretty much in the first half. I thought Liverpool were just holding on at that point, just trying to get through and. Um, I think the only chance that we kind of had that, I think we spoke about the Jota one. So second half, I mean, what did you make of that, Marco? I mean, I thought Liverpool pretty much, that was the kind of response that you wanted and needed. And we'll talk about the second half just in general, but that ball um, by Salat, you know, to Mane, it was exactly what you needed. Them two linking up nicely. I think it was you and I think it was you and Dave both said that you were really impressed with Salah's game today. I was as well. I felt like he was really involved. So I, for me, it was the perfect response to get a goal at the right time, like 45, 46 minutes. Kick it off right. The timing helps because obviously it, it, it's, it's significant. It's important to sort of get, uh, get that sort of out the way so that City feel... Uh, uh, you know they, they don't they don't walk in into the half with the benefit of, of feeling like they've that they can just sit back and allow and 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 or sit back and wait for Liverpool to make the mistakes because obviously there's a there's a significant portion of the second half where City are still trying to exploit the speed in behind from the likes of Sterling and Foden. But what what I was really happy with the second goal is not just the the, the timing of it but also the 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 quicker construction. So you can see, I mean. As as the goal sort of takes shape, uh, if I'm if I'm mistaken, it starts in the left. It eventually sort of switches. So both Robertson and, and Alexander Arnold once again they're part of the construction really really quicker. And and I think that was just something that was missing completely from 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 how Liverpool were, were progressing the ball up the field. The fact that then City, who again I'm not I'm not that convinced by the defence. I keep on saying it. The fact that City then. Um, Sort of, sort of completely forget that uh, there's another player sort of on, on the far side. Happy birthday, Sadio Mane. Uh, I mean, I, I almost kind of feel that that's sort of predictable in a sense because that's the kind of goal that City do concede very often. Uh, and and I thought, you know, again for for a lot of what Mo had to deal with in, in terms of how Cancelo sort of played well against him, make no mistake. I thought Mo was equally up to the task of, of giving Cancelo quite a bit of a headache. Uh, if Mo's on on full form, I don't think this game ends the way it does. I think it's uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Mo, I, I would say, is sort of a, sort of fifty sixty percent of, of of his tilt. So it's it, w- it was really important to at least sort of get the ball progressed. Um, and and I think that's the the quality of chances Liverpool created. Actually, when you when you look at it very very carefully, wasn't bad at all. 
no, it wasn't. And I felt like after, actually in the second half, I thought even like somebody like Sadio Mane improved in his game, I thought. I thought he had a better game. Dave, I'm going to come to you. Talk to me about the goal and, you know, just... Uh, just obviously, it was like a roller coaster of emotion just for Liverpool to kick off like that in the second half. You know, you wanted a quick response, and that was exactly what you needed. Yeah, and what was interesting was Klopp, Klopp sent them out fairly early, didn't he? he? Yeah. He obviously didn't have a very long team talk. And I think, you know, as fans watching, we have this idea that, you know, the full 15 minutes is going through these tactical changes and giving advice like this is happening in the game. We need to stop this happening. We need to do more of this thing. But the reality is they they spend so much time on the training pitch and, and they're working all this shit out. It's already all been discussed. So there really isn't that much to say when it comes to a halftime team talk. So it was good to see that, you know, by having a short team talk, he obviously got his point across. And I thought we started with so much more intensity straight away. And then what a pass from Mo. I just, it's one of those that obviously when, when you watch the replays and you know the outcome, you, it's kind of fair enough. But when it's happening in real time, it's just like, oh, that's, that's going to make it, it's going to make it. And then you just see the back of the net burst and it's just, oh, it was such a great feeling. Mm-hmm. And when you see it from a, a different angle as well, you know, and you see how Mane's bent it, you know, around kind of Edison it was it was a really really great goal and I don't know what it did for the team certainly did a lot for for my emotions to be honest when I was watching at home so uh no it's great to get back in there it was absolutely and I've got a question here from AJ and he's like I've just joined the pod and I don't know if um, you've already discussed that we've um we were so timid today and slow to every second ball Markov, I'll let you take this one. Um, uh, would you agree? I think I think the timidity definitely sort of uh, exposes itself in the, in, in, the sec- in the first half. In the second half, it's a little bit different. You can see the team comes out a lot more assertive, which, and that's why I say uh, a lot of the difference between the halves is also just about fear. But, but I think, you know, in the first half especially, it's a lot, it's a lot more difficult to, to sort of, uh, put yourself in 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 in, in a, a decent defensive situation when you're sitting here just again playing out the back really really casually you're you're not progressing the ball fast enough up the field and by that point i mean the, i made the joke on twitter well it was meant to be a joke but uh edison may as well have joined the press because that's how that's how long uh that's sort of our casual and in effect to some of the playing out from the back was so fundamentally, I just think when when Liverpool suddenly started realizing, hey, we can pressure these guys too, and even then, do I think it was at the same standard? Definitely not. Um, if uh, I'd be very curious to see how they're going to approach the game in a week's time, because yeah, I I I don't think I'm not sure how many more gears City have to travel. I definitely think there's a one clear clear gear, maybe a gear and a half that Liverpool did not show today. I think that's fair. Do you think ultimately, though, um, Marco, because from our chit-chat at the beginning, you sounded a, li- a little bit like kind of despondent, like, oh. And do you, do, I mean, I am going to stay on neutral on this because I threw in my towel at Christmas and the, <laughs> the point difference was a lot bigger then. So I'm just going to just... I'm not, I'm not going to say we're going to do it and I'm not going to say we're not going to do it. I'm just going to be like, we're, we're a point behind and that's all I'll say on the matter. I mean, what, I mean, have you, have you got a strong opinion about this? Because it feels like you do. Look, if you look at the, the remaining fixtures City have, mm-hmm. everyone that they've dropped points against, uh, oddly enough, there's like this weird parallel. They, they didn't take any, they took minimal points of Southampton. I think they lost both Tottenham games. They, they drew twice against, against Liverpool. So, uh, and the, oh, there's the Palace one as well, but, but yeah. So the remaining fixtures, obviously, you're you're in a situation where you're wondering, you know, who's who's going to surprise them. And Liverpool, I mean, there's obviously two clear standout fixtures. Um, please just 
yeah, the, the, the Tottenham one obviously is, is of a concern. And, and I'm not saying in any way, shape or form that United scare me, but you kind of know that uh, uh, this Liverpool game is going to be United's uh, cup final, Champions League, whatever you want to call the equivalent of it. So they might attempt to play normal for once. The, <laughs> but, but fundamentally, I mean, yeah, did any of us expect Crystal Palace or Southampton to take points of City? No. So I kind of look at what Liverpool have done and say, well, you've managed to put together this winning run. Do your job and make sure that uh, City feel compelled to do theirs. And and if City still win the league after that, then at least you know that. And and, and again, I think that's ironically the, the weird sort of fashion about these sides. There was a lot of talk on Twitter in the week about, you know, the nature of this rivalry in comparison to the Arsenal United rivalry from from the early 2000s, and I just think that's complete like misnomer conjecture because you can't tell me that Manchester United and Arsenal were feeling the pressure of needing to 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 amass 90 to 100 points a season to win the league. That's insane. And what's even more insane is that Liverpool are doing the doing that against this City side with all their commercial millions. Just, just think about that for a second. So, the fact that Liverpool can even keep up with this is a, is is amazing. But that's what I'm saying. Liverpool should back themselves to do it because, you know, apart from a couple of sort of midfield grabs that I've already highlighted, there's not much this team lacks to actually win every game they've got left. No, I like that, and I think that's really fair, and I think that's probably uh a really, really balanced answer to, you know, a lot of people that might be having meltdowns because we know that happens as well. Dave, I'm going to come to you. I mean, the same question again, you know, maybe if you want to respond to AJ's sort of um, comment about Liverpool just being slow and sloppy on every second ball, not, you know, looking timid. And of course, the what what this means in, in the grand scheme of things in terms of the league, in, the, in terms of the league title. I think for the first bit, I don't know if it was timid, um, we just look sloppy to me. And, and like I say, I think momentum is a real thing in football. Even if you play at the lowest level, and uh, you know, you're talking fractions of a percent. Uh, when you're off your game, it, it looks pretty bad when you're, you've got two elite teams going at each other. I uh, think back to some of the bruisers that we've had, you know, Julian Dix, Razor Ruddock, people like that, who'd have just cut someone like Foden in half, you know, and and uh, we'd have all cheered and, and laughed. But but this is a different quality of team, you know. These are so much better than that, and they don't need to play in that way. So, again, I yeah, I wish they'd have, have kind of won the physical battle uh, as much as anything else early on, and I don't think we did. But then I, I just think it, it was it was just so sloppy. And, and then when you when you start with that low momentum, it, it's really hard to get it back. So I, I think particularly the way we started, I, I do think it is a, a pretty decent result. In terms of the grand scheme of things, you know, when, when we finished with 97 points and, and lost by that one point, City took four points off us that year. And so that's why I say for, for this, I think it's more important that we didn't lose. So they've taken two points off us and we've taken two points off them. We do seem to have the harder run in. And I know everyone's having a good laugh at Everton, including myself at the minute, apart from yesterday. I, I, and I don't think we should take that game for granted. So for Everton, for United, it would be their final now. That is the only thing they've got yeah. to play for. So they will be so up for those games. So I think it's a, a massive thing for us to to get six points out of those two games. Um, never mind all the other games that we've got to play. But I, I've still got that hope. You know, they've got to play Aston Villa. Stevie G's Aston Villa on the last day. If I could write this in a script, it would be this way. <laughs> would know? it be, so, yeah. With, with with Aston Villa getting a result against City and us winning the league on the last day, I would prefer to have it wrapped up about three games before that for my own heart condition. But, you know, mm-hmm. I, I still think, you know, uh, if it happened that way, it'd be unbelievable. 
And so, yeah, I'm not going to be too down about today. I, I still think we're in there with a shout. And given all of fucking City's fake revenue that they make and uh, <laughs> whatever, I, I just think it's unbelievable that we're up there and challenging. Yeah. So, you know, we shouldn't be down to too much today, I don't think. No, I, I have to agree with you. I'm I'm very calm. And I think both of you made some really, really excellent points on, on the whole situation as well. I think also Man City as well, like, they've still, like us as well, you know, they've got the Champions League to go after. You know, we're pretty much competing on, on in all the same competitions. So let's see how this pans out. I mean, let's stick to the game now. Marco, I'll come to you because, you know, you said I was so glad Sterling didn't score. He did, but it was offside, so we'll laugh at that. We'll laugh our faces off at that. Jurgen Klopp's substitution round about 70 minutes. Jota comes off for Diaz. And um, a slightly later response for Jurgen Klopp and his subs, but um, do you think that was the right move? It was the right move. It was too late. I think all three subs are too late today. Yeah, uh, I, I have to agree. Because, because ultimately, I think there's a... There's a sting in the game that completely goes out, and by that point, uh, where where, where Jurgen's uh, subs were, 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 you can argue were fairly late. I think Pep just about uh, got his right with uh, Mares and Sterling because I think Mares made made a very significant impact when he came on the field. So uh, the, the the Grealish one is is, is a bit hilarious because I think that he, he may as well just sort of allowed them to play with ten, but. But ultimately, Mares was was definitely. Um, I, I think I think that there needed to be a much earlier response to that. So uh, I think selfishly, I would have definitely wanted Naby Keita to come on at least uh, around the same time as Diaz did. Uh, if, yeah. if if you're not going to bring him on uh, sort of earlier than that. I agree. I thought just for context, um, if anyone did miss this, um, uh, you know, Jota came off, Diaz came on at seventy minutes. At the seventy-seventh minute, Hendo came off for Naby Keita. Eighty-third minute, Mane came off for Roberto Firmino. So yeah, I will agree they were slightly late in terms of subs. What did you make of them subs, um, Dave? And would you say a little late because I was like dead excited to see Diaz, and I was like, this is gonna be fun. He's going to run at them, and obviously he didn't get an awful lot of chance because he, there wasn't enough time on the clock. I think there wasn't enough time, but also I, I kind of feel like the game he didn't settle into the game that quickly either when he did come on. Yeah, I think he still had plenty of minutes to make an impact, but ultimately he didn't do too much. I, I think. Again, that's probably my own expectations because I'm expecting a replay of that Porto goal he scored against them. So, you know, probably a bit unfair. Uh, yeah, definitely. As Marco said there, I think I'd have, I'd have hoped to see him on a little bit earlier. I thought Naby played well when he came on. Again, it, it sort of made me a little bit sad that he wasn't on earlier. Mm. Um, but again, he just... I hope he can continue what he's been doing for the last few weeks because, uh, you know, he's he's... He's becoming that player that we thought we were going to get, wasn't he? And he's had, you know, terrible luck with injuries and what have you. But, um, yeah, I think look, ultimately we won the second half 1-0, didn't we? I think uh, so. Yeah, it could have gone the other way, but uh, we could have quite easily lost as well. Marco mentioned about Mares there. I mean, again, if we'd have missed that chance that Mares missed at the end, I think that'd have been a bit more gutted at a draw than uh, what I am right now. He clipped the crossbar as well, right, didn't he? Sure he did. Free, the free kick? Yeah. Free oh, my kick. God. Yeah. Yes. That, that was, that was, that was scary. That was yeah, scary because that, that, that was in a yeah. very good spot. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was in a very good spot. Agreed. I mean, I'll I'll stick with you now, Marco. I mean, like the game pretty much ended, but you, you you spoke about Thiago. I thought Thiago had a really good game. Very lucky to stay on because some of his challenges were a bit like, eh, you're going to get yellow. Stop it. Stop it. You know, you know, it's Taylor. You know, he's a man. You know, he's going to do you over. Stop it. But um, one thing I noticed was we were just trying to stop each other from the counter. We were just sort of doing tactical fouls. And I felt like that's how it's kind of shaped up. And it, to me, towards the end, it kind of felt like even though both teams were going for it, it was like in in some subconscious kind of way they kind of settled for a draw would you say that's fair even though Jurgen Klopp's um, uh, subs were very attack minded they were just too late for me 
Yeah, I think I think that's a fair assessment in 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 its accuracy. I just I just wish again because you know I, I, it it was the kind of game I, I didn't talk about Firmino, but I really felt that Bobby was also needed to be a lot uh, a lot earlier. You you saw the difference that Mane makes early in the second half when he's when he's encouraged to come a lot deeper to support the midfield in 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 the construction. And I actually th- I actually thought well, okay, he's he's, he's not going to take him off now because he's just scored, but if that's the role Mane was going to start playing, then by all means get Bobby on at some point to do the same because I think then Bobby's just going to be a lot more effective at at, at sort of assisting everybody from a construction perspective as well. So so that for me I think uh, was quite key to to look at. The team did settle for the draw, which I I I, I do take that point. Um, that that sort of Dave throws up around. It's an important game not to lose, so I get that. I just think you know it's one of those weird situations where, because of the nature of the table, nature of the stakes, you you kind of have to uh, you have to sort of back yourself to go for it, uh, to 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 potentially give yourself a chance to 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 stay ahead. Because I'm always I'm always going to be a fan of points on the board instead of you know games in hand that sort of thing. Of course. Uh, I just I do want to sort of please go back to one very special moment uh before sterling goes off there's this counter-attack where it's it's pretty much him versus virgil <laughs> the way the way van dyke sort of handles that is is hilariously casual in of itself but it's just it's just it's just so funny because at some point you think oh okay sterling's gotten beaten for pace yet not in this virgil catch-up he's sort of very Oh, okay. You try to get past me. Good luck. And he doesn't. It, it was just I had to laugh because that was a, a special moment, given given obviously Sterling's history with the club. Absolutely, and I also liked it towards the end as well when Virgil Van Dijk actually turned to break the Colossus against the Kevin, Kevin De Bruyne, and he just kind of shrugged his shoulders and was like, you know what, I kind of expected you to do that. You know, like it's like yeah, if you know, if I, if the shoes on the other foot, I would take me down like that as well. Dave, I'm going to come to you. I mean, what did you make towards the end? I mean, even though Jurgen Klopp's subs were attack-minded, would you say that it's fair that it kind of looked like the way both teams were sort of set up? It was almost, even though they were going for it, I, it's, I think they had settled for a draw. Or would you disagree? No, to be fair, I mean, I've given Lee Dixon a bit of stick as a commentator. I think he's awful. Mm. Uh, but he did make a, a good point on the commentary I was watching that... There was a ball. This happened off camera, so that's that's why I'm thankful for his commentary on it. Mm. And the ball came into the technical area, and Pep could have stopped the ball, could have controlled it, but he just let it roll past him. And that was at about, I think that must have been about 75 minutes. That's huge for Pep. Exactly. So he'd already, at 75 minutes, he's thinking about the draw. Just with that little one, that one little action, I, I think he, he was happy with the draw at that point. And so again, he's, but but then in his position, he should be happy with the draw, shouldn't he? he he's he doesn't have to go and win this. It's us that have to go and win it. So um, I I think it, it yeah I I do think we probably would have both settled for the draw and know what it means for the league and, and you know, we could have gone for it a little bit more. But uh I I was happy with again, I'm happy with the draw. I'm also happy with finishing the game with eleven men because if you yeah. like Tiago could have gone off a couple of times. I think Fab's Fab's yeah. yeah. Fab as well. Yeah, so it, I thought like I was irate to be honest when when it was announced that bloody Taylor was going to be the the referee, and you've got the other one on uh, on VAR as well. I think it's ridiculous that you can have a ref and and your VAR guy from Greater Manchester, yeah, refing wasn't... a Manchester-based game. The, the, although I mean I I don't know maybe, maybe you guys can point out to me, but I didn't I didn't find him too bad apart from the the moment where he completely messes up uh there's a, a moment uh, yeah corner yeah uh, a salah's shot gets deflected yeah. um and okay. the crazy thing is apparently var was checking for handball which makes you think well i mean do you think salah handled it how how else would they be checking for a handball uh but <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, one of those ridiculous fine print things i think it's like they probably saw the deflection on var checked 
to see if it was handball. They're like, no, no handball. But they can't say, oh, by the way, it's, you've missed a corner there. It's probably a ridiculous thing like that. Mm. I agree. Yeah. I don't think. He... I mean, speaking about yellow cards as well, I, I I feel like this is probably the the most that we've got in a long time. So Andy Robertson got booked, Thiago got booked, Fabinho got booked, and Virgil Van Dijk got booked. Mm. That feels like yeah. a lot of players that got booked in the game because I think usually our disciplinary record is quite decent. That does sound like a lot. I'd have, mm. I'd have to check the numbers, but that does sound like it. Yeah, I think the Van Dijk one in particular was. Was the that... proper tactical uh, one though? Yes, it, it was. Like, right, I'm I'm not on a yellow card, so I'll take this one. Yeah, yeah. So I I I I think in you know reflecting on the game, I don't think it was ref too badly. I don't think we could have had too many arguments if either Fab or uh, Tiago had gone off. So you know, can't really have any complaints there. But I still think it's ridiculous that he's allowed to ref the game. I, I would uh, I would agree yeah, with that. that. And yep, yeah, I I think we all agree with you on that one. And luckily we're not really talking about the refs. And I think that is a big, big thing because these guys could have really taken the limelight here and taken the sting out of the game. At least the game, whatever happened, the referees were not involved in any way, shape or form. We don't have that blame game on anyone. And for me that's huge, you know. because uh, I think that really, really would leave like a bit of taste in your mouth. Would you agree, guys? I think it would for me. Like, if I knew that a ref cocked up a decision. Oh, I'd have been seething. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I am happy. I, I was fully mm. predicting that I would come on and be lauding a, a, or, or irate about a, a bad VAR decision or something Absolutely. like that. Mm. And as it happens, Sterling thinks he's bagged the winner. Fuck you. <laughs> You're <laughs> offside. So, happy days. <laughs> the language has been absolutely appalling on this podcast of my 300 show. But look, not once have I swore. I am so proud of myself. This is called growth, people. Not really. I let these guys take it. I think, we've, is there anything you want to discuss from the game? Because I feel like we've done most of it. Marco, I'll come to you. Anything anything that you feel that needs highlighting? Brent, uh, nine, his, this assist today is... He's got an assist against every single team in this league. Wow. So so playing so so as much as he wasn't sort of as involved as he could have been, uh, I think I think you sort of highlight just how important this guy is. And again, uh, I think maybe the Benfica game sort of took the the focus off the crosshairs a bit because Man City knew exactly where the threat was. And that's why they, they dealt with him so or or they focused clearly on trying to deal with him in the first half in particular. Wow, now that's that's a stat. And what about you, Dave? Anything you'd like to mention from the game? Uh, from the game, again, with the chances City had at the end, just happy with the draw. Um, one of the interesting things someone's popped up in the chat there, despite how badly we played in the first half, the XG for City seems like it was 1.1, and ours was 1.3. So thought that was interesting so Ooh. you know sometimes the eye test misleads you it felt like we were just completely overrun in midfield um and there was uh, you know plenty of chances i'm not sure not sure how much i trust that because i mean kevin de bruyne had a, a really good chance where he looked completely open and then sort of dragged his shot a, a little bit wide but um but yeah though uh in terms of the the wider picture so this is a um an unbelievable April, isn't it? And so we've won two, we've drawn one now, and we're we're a third of the way through. It's going to be an unbelievable month for us. So I, I, again, I, I'm just positive about where we are at the minute. Wonderful. And before I get to your manager, man of the match, D Pizza, there, Marnie deserves a shout out for scoring on his birthday. Marco um, is pretty sure that he did mention that, but if you missed it, we're just covering all bases. Marco said he said it. If not, Steve Pizza, we're I acknowledging did. it. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Look, this is what happens when you live record a podcast. You have no idea what people have said till you go back. Happy birthday but, again. Happy, happy birthday, birthday again. again. Yep. I should have. It's, it's funny. I actually. Uh, I'm, I'm pleased, people. I don't, I don't do this often, but I, I just thought cheeky bet. Um, I, I, I figured Liverpool, Liverpool to win, both teams score. I, I nearly got that right, and I, and I did kind of think, you know, Mon is going to score on his birthday, but I didn't take that one. Oh, 
anyway. Damn, damn, damn. Right, guys. Uh, absolutely right. Who is your man of the match and why? I will come to Marco first on this one. It's it's hard to say, but I'm 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 gonna just in terms of the of the importance of the saves, I'm 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 gonna throw in Allison, but it's really it's a hard one because you could you can probably make a a really solid argument for Tiago as well. Um, so so I I but I'd say Allison just because I do think those saves are critical, uh, the the ones that he make, and and I think you know fundamentally, forgive my son in the back there, uh, fundamentally uh-huh. the 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 way the team sort of played. Uh, from a from a defensive standpoint, I think I think Allison was was quietly solid, but it's it, it was one of those funny games where you struggle to like pick an out like a complete outlier. You know what? That is such a good point. You know, again, something that we'd completely miss. Where it was one of them games where Allison was called into action and had to be a bit of a bit alert because of what was going on in his box. That's a great shout. Actually, I love the Allison shout and Thiago as well. By the way, um, we agree with that. Dave, I'm going to come to you because I was sat here and I was thinking, I don't know, you know, because it was no, but like, I don't think there was anybody that was beyond anyone in terms of amazingness. I thought there was massive improvement in the second half, but the first half was just horrendous. I even thought Marnie had a good second half, in my opinion. Mm. I think, as well as Marnie, Tiago, Alison shouts, I, I think I'll throw in Matip as well. I thought. Out of the back four, I yeah, thought he had that is a shout. Mm. So um, you know, again, when all people around you are losing their heads, he's he's chilled as a newt, isn't he? He's, he never gets <laughs> by anything. So <laughs> I think just because I love the guy, <laughs> I think I'm going to throw it Matt Ip's way. He was good. He was good. Yeah, yeah. There was there was very little. I think I think you know the 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 panic aside in the first half when when there's these issues playing at the back. At the back. I don't blame the defenders for the uh, as much for the playing at the back issues because the whole team was slow. First of all, and the mm. second the yeah. second issue is that there's just no logical out ball that. And that's why, ironically, I thought you know if it, it would have been a good game for Luis Diaz to start because I just felt okay if you need Go that injection of speed. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, that would have made a lot of sense to me, uh, I have to admit. I love both of them shouts, right? So we've got Alison and we've got Matip there in terms of Man of the Match shouts. I like them both. I will throw in Thiago just to mix it up. So guys, anyone that's listening, let us know your Man of the Match. Who's your Man of the Match? Reason why? Give us your shout. Give us your... Give us your reasons. And um, I think we've come to the end of this podcast now. So a massive thank you to everyone that's listened. I mean, it was a big one for me. And uh, I just overall just want to say a massive thank you to every single person that's been a panelist, every caller, every person that's listened. It means so much. And of course, a massive thank you to Eddie and Greg and Gags for Anfield Index for letting me just talk a lot of nonsense. But before I go, I want some plugs. So, um, Marco, where can people find you on social media? And, and is there anything you'd like to plug? At FootyML on, on Twitter. Uh, that's, the, that's the place you'll find uh, all sorts of obnoxious uh, tweets that people will, will argue with. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, um, just for those, uh, nothing sort of new apart from obviously this very, this very episode. Uh, for those who didn't get uh, insights on, on on sort of the recent Benfica uh, sort of uh, uh, sort of setup, please by all means listen to what Nina and I discussed on her Euro Incision uh, show a couple of weeks back now. And uh, Dave also, Dave Hendrick also asked me about uh, 300 good questions, uh, that most of which I couldn't answer on AI Scouted. Check that out. Both pods really worth listening to and really educational. And you know what? Um, I'm really, really looking forward to um, the, the return leg on there because, um, you know, credit to your Benfica. I thought they played really good in the second half. They played much better. Um, I am going to go to Dave now. Dave, um, where can people find you on social media? So thanks, Nina. So you'll hear me um, hopefully after the Everton game celebrating three points there. And uh, if you want to get me somewhere else, you can get me on the VHS Strikes Back, where we discuss video, uh, uh, old video movies from that kind of home video era. Wonderful stuff, wonderful stuff. Give both of these two a follow. They're both excellent. I mean, as for me, I'll probably be back with the Euro Incision podcast, uh, covering obviously the the game done and dusted. And uh, I... 
My next, actually, it's funny you should say this because my next NKS will be the Everton game because I'm not doing the Man United one because it's a bit too late. So I think Thingy's stepping in for that one. Guy Drinkle. So yeah, I'll be back um, doing the NKS on the 24th as well. So um, guys, thank you for listening. Take care. Hope you enjoyed the game. Um, keep, your, keep your heads up. It's not over yet. Till next time. Take care and up the Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.